This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Hey, they say that they winning, but to me it's just a blowout. Hey, every week we put in numbers on the board, we show out. Hey, all it took was just a bit of Drive the Lane Podcast. And the Buckeyes are 2-0 and with another game tonight. We talk with Fran Fraschilla, ESPN college basketball analyst, former coach. We talk all things college basketball. We talk a little Ohio State. We talk a little football at the end of the episode, so, so stick around. But, Joe, let's get right to it. Ohio State basketball, 2-0, and game tonight. But what have you liked so far from the Buckeyes? You know what's funny is um, it's been weird. Last year was really weird to be a fan. This year, not so much. Like, the world is weird. Everything's weird. So, I'm like, well, this is normal. I'm a fan. So, um, I've been able to – it's interesting. Okay, let me just take a step back. It's, been, it's interesting. Number one, I thought we looked so dang good against Illinois State that I was like, whoa, that is surprising how good we look. First game of the year, limited practices – COVID, blah, 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 new roster, blah, blah, blah. Wow, that's surprising. Then, then we play um, – we play uh, – what's it? L- L- UMass Lowell. My, shout out Mike Lowell, the third baseman for the Boston Red Sox. And, shout and, out and Lowell Dang. Shout out who? Lowell Dang. Shout out Lowell Dang. Um, and in that game, I was not surprised. I was like – I mean, that team's not bad. They had a guy who's averaging 30 points a game. Like, uh, where we – like, it's it's COVID, <laughs> you know? Like, I went through the same exact process, and I was like, I'm not surprised. So, well, I thought it's been, it's been I thought they were going to lose that game, and only because of college basketball craziness, where UMass Lowell lost to San Fran, who beat Virginia – and then UMass Lowell – no, UMass Lowell beat San Fran. Who then San beat, Fran beat Virginia. Beat, beat Virginia, but UMass Lowell lost to Illinois State. And if Ohio Virginia. State would have lost to UMass Lowell, lost to Illinois State, who beat San Fran, who beat Virginia, it just would have been very college basketball-y. So, I'm happy they won that game. 2-0, as we said, game tonight. Who we got? Moorhead State? Moorhead State, home of – who play best? Who's their best alum ever? Did Kenneth Farid or is he Murray State? Yes. What was his nickname? The Man Child. The Manimal. The Manimal. <laughs> Shout out Kenneth Farid. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, didn't Lisa Ann go to Moorhead State? Who's Lisa Ann? The porn star. Oh, okay. I was just trying to explain down there. <laughs> what about uh, I don't know where I do not know where she went to college. Andy. Think about it for a second. Oh, are they the Cougars? No, but they oh. give more head. Okay. <laughs> that you you've had a lot of bad ones. That is the worst one. Well, it's not my fault you didn't get it. It's just a stretch. Speaking of You're- not getting it. Speaking of not getting it. COVID. Also speaking of not getting it in sexual terms, Kofi Cockburn, he's a damn good player. 
And Illinois is damn good. But sticking with the Bucks, because we get my into mind is in the my mind is not in the gutter. Your mind is so far in the gutter, it's unbelievable. Let's get let's get me out of the gutter. But <laughs> Ohio State basketball, Justice Ewing, impressed. Impressed, I'm gonna guess everyone except people like you and around the program that knew how good he was. I have a question for you. Sure. My little my little brother asked me the other day, he said, How long do you think Coach Holtman will be the coach at Ohio State? My answer was as long as he wants. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to get fired. Right. It's like how, how big of a – like what is the next step? There's only like one other tier, and it's not even like a leap of a tier, right? Like you're in arguably the best conference at, and at a school where you have every single resource you could possibly have. Um, athletics is the end-all, be-all at the school. Um, you have a preliminary national champion football team to go along with an outstanding basketball program. Obviously, I'm a little biased. Like, but what are the jobs? There's Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, maybe Louisville is another job that could be on that other tier. Other than that, though, like, I mean, that's just a short list, obviously. If you're not in the Big Ten, Michigan State's on that list. If you're not in the Big yeah, Ten. but he's not going to Michigan State. Kansas. So Kansas is, the, is another one, for sure. But, like, he's not going to go to Texas. Like, No, I agree. I also think move. even though, you know, Mata made a few Final Fours, lost in the championship game, had some deep runs, you're not going to get fired or have – job security issues if you don't win a national championship so 100 percent. it's yeah. it's great to to have the expectations and to have the dreams and aspirations but at ohio state and we actually talk with fran about with 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 coach with fran about it in the interview where ohio state does an awesome job is because there's a ton of pressure to win but not as much pressure as there's to win in football so at the end of the day like it's nice to have that sort of comfort zone which is interesting, but to answer your question, I think that Holman is not leaving. He's not going to get fired. I don't think he's leaving for another job. I don't think that another job can come open, you know, that, that he would be the, the top-of-the-list guy for it. Oh, Villanova's probably another one. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know. He loves it here. It, he, I mean, it's whatever. Coaching is weird, though. Who knows? Yeah. Um... So, so sticking with Ohio State basketball, obviously, because we're an Ohio State basketball podcast, I'm going to give you guys two – I'm going to give you two names, and it's guys that have had completely different starts to their Ohio State career, and I want you to talk about both of them. Sure. First, Jimmy Sotos. Second is Zed Key. You pick who you want to start with. That great, great transition because we should talk about individual performances a little bit more. Um, Jimmy – it is clear that he is slowly becoming accustomed to um, not only Coach Holman and his expectations at Ohio State basketball, but, like, it's major college basketball now, right? Like, it's just like Bucknell was – you know, it's just different. He played great when he played against Ohio State, but now it's just a little bit different. The, the um, change of scenery, whatever you – like, he's human. You know, he's got to – He's got to adapt to the new surroundings, the new teammates, the new system, the everything, and he'll get it figured out. It's nice that he is not being thrown into the fire and being told he has to play 35 minutes a game. He gets to learn from C.J. Walker. This is a free year for him. It's a free year. So um, 
he'll get it figured out. I'm not worried about him at all. In terms of Zed Key, if he can be as productive as he has been in his short little Ohio State career, he is a difference maker. He gives us something that we, you know, don't really have a ton of depth in, right? Like we need him to be a factor because Kyle and EJ are going to be in foul trouble. They're going to be banged up. Like they're also not gigantic. Like Zed Key is big, you know? So um, Zed's been awesome. His energy is awesome. He clearly gets it. Like he, I, there's a few things that, um, that Caleb did so unbelievably well that were like directly related to coach Holman and what he wanted. Um, number one was he, when he rolled to the basket on pick and roll, like he rolled hard with purpose and got out. Like they always say, get out of there. So, and Zed key does that. He rolls really, really hard and guys are finding him. And then he also um, runs really hard in transition and he rebounds the ball. And it's just, it, it's really good because freshmen are so hit or miss and he'll make his freshman mistakes. He already has. Um, but I've really, really loved what Zed has brought so far. So, Everyone knows who listens to this show knows that I love Dwayne. Okay. And I'm not just saying this because I love him, but he had like an NBA game in the last game where he just kept shooting, finished with like 21 shots and made the ones he needed to hit in the second half. Like usually, usually in college when you're cold like that, you know, you don't find your way to 20 shots and you don't kind of reheat up. It was like a NBA, this guy went off in the second half, and this is why we lost. And it was, it was pretty cool to see. What I've loved the most about this team so far is you're not going to play a team where you have two starting big men as good as Kyle Young and EJ Liddell. You may have one guy that's better than both of them, but I, it's going to be tough to find a, a team that has a center and a power forward as good as EJ and Kyle. And I'm sure there's some out there, but I've loved what I've seen so far. Yeah, they're, it's so fun because they are so similar to each other and what they bring to the table. They both can – you know, EJ maybe can shoot it a little bit better than Kyle, um, maybe block some more shots even though Kyle is – they're both incredible athletes. Um, what I think is amazing is they are both going to average, you know, 12 points, 10 – 9 to 12 points – Eight to eight to ten rebounds and shoot sixty percent from the field. Like that is, I, there's no way there are gonna there are two teammates that have a higher combined field goal percentage than they have. Um, so they they've been awesome so far. They their energy and effort is just off the charts. I mean, like the perfect example is EJ blocking the shit out of that guy at the end of the game. It was meaningless. He could have just not jumped. But the way that that Ohio State players are wired and trained by coach Holman and the rest of the staff is you play hard until the end of the game. And they are the perfect two guys for that. They play their butts off, whether we're up by 30 or down by 30. Um, so it'll be really fun to see them. I think, you know, we talked about Dwayne, obviously he's great. And he, he, the greatest thing about him is he is the prototypical scorer that has no conscience. And that is so important in basketball to, think that every shot, the next shot that you take is going in. And he is the prime example of that. And I've loved what he's done so far. Um, CJ Walker has been great. Um, I would love to see him um, foul less. He, he, he's always been a, he's a handsy guy. Cause I, I want him to foul less so he can play like 38 minutes a game. Like I think that would be, so, that's so awesome um, that he can be out there. He's the coach on the court. He, the, the more he can be out there, the better. 
Um, obviously love what he brings from a leadership perspective and everything. Um, the last guy, obviously, that we need to talk about is Justice Suing, um, which shout out to him because he's number 14 and carrying on the legacy in the greatest way that I even thought was possible. Um, I said it on Twitter. There were a lot of untapped buckets in that jersey, and I'm just glad that they are released from jail, from jail that is the bench. Um, and we talked, we joked with, 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 with Coach Holt about him holding me back. And it's funny because, like, every single basket that I would have loved to make at Ohio State, Justice is going to make in the first seven games of the year, and then I'll be good. And it's like, okay, 14 is back. He took a year off. And the four, number 14 has seen everything from some of the biggest shots in Ohio State history to being that guy at the end of the bench who everyone knows, but nobody knows how he's on the team. And then now he's the best player on the team and one of the best guys in the Big Ten maybe even. So um, shout out to Justice. that He's an awesome guy. He, we were texting after the game. I congratulated him on his first game because he was so awesome. And he was like, hey, man, that number 14 looks pretty good on me, doesn't it? And I was like, hell yes, it does, bro. So awesome. So. Um, I guess the other relevant news is Seth Towns posted on Twitter and Instagram very soon. Should we speculate? I feel like we got to speculate, right? He'll be back tomorrow. I think (laughs) he doesn't play tomorrow or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. I think he opens, (laughs) I think he opens big 10 play any place. All right. I'm good with that. I Seth Towns is, we talk about we need depth in that front court and if Kyle and EJ can both play center you know because we love Zed he's probably not going to finish games right so um but are any of the starters not going to finish games when Seth Towns is in yeah who I don't know depends I mean you're not going to take you know it's either going to be Kyle or EJ that I think would right. potentially it's not finish not my games. decision to take those guys out, but it's all based on the game. You know, Kyle could have four fouls. EJ could have four fouls. Kyle could be ice cold, turning the ball over, playing bad defense. He could be a little banged up. Like it just, you know, there's a, there's a million different things, but Seth Towns will be finishing games. If he's healthy and as good as he has been, like he's finishing games. There will be, there will be games where justice and Dwayne each have 20 plus. And it's just like, these guys can't miss. This is the new splash bros. And we're going to be going crazy. They're going to be ranked number two. And then we'll have Dockage on and, and jinx everything. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a couple games where they score 20. Remember how hard it is to score 20 in, in college though. Yeah. And it's just not. Dwayne, it took Dwayne 90 shots to score 20 in the last game. Yeah, so. but he was like one for 30 in the first half if he makes know, three I'm in just, the first half. No, I know. I'm just – I'm giving you a hard time. But, yeah, I could – I mean, obviously, I could see them score. They're going to handle the majority of the scoring, but then you bring Seth Towns in, and that's a guy who you run the offense through. If he's healthy and he's Seth Towns of old, like he's like Kata, like – like, you just run the offense through them, and the other guys are going to get their buckets still, just like JT and CJ and all those guys did. Like, I understand that, um, you know, Dwayne and Justice are more than capable, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Seth Towns got the majority of the touches. Maybe not the highest scoring, but he will be put in a position to be successful. You know what I mean, if, if that makes sense. I'm going to say this about Seth Towns. We're seeing Jimmy Sotos struggle a little bit. And that's obviously he wasn't as good at Bucknell as Towns was at Harvard. But coming off two years off for injury and changing from Ivy League to Big Ten, I would be – 
personally surprised if he makes a gigantic impact, hopefully by the end of the season. But I wouldn't be surprised if his presence is not felt until next season. Yeah, that you know what that is a really good point. Just because you got it, I would say less when you're a really good player. I think that some I shouldn't say really good player. Some guys, it's either the Jimmy Sodas where maybe you takes a little bit to adapt, or you hop right in and you're a stud right away, right? Like those, like a lot of grand transfers that we've seen, um, like Keyshawn, for example, he hopped in and was fine from the beginning. Um, obviously, Seth Towns is going to be looked to be more than Keyshawn was probably, but I, I think more so the injury and being out will have an effect on him than the jump in. That's in, what I'm saying. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think if Seth Towns finishes this season healthy, averaging four and a half points a game, you are happy. Yeah, no, totally. Obviously, I think my expectations are a little bit high just because having been in that locker room with with Kada, who is very similar skill set to Seth Towns. Um, I just think that they're the sky's the limit for the way the offense can be. I mean, we were scoring so much with with Kato, with him with running the offense through Kato. So it just seems like a matter of time before maybe that happens. Maybe it's not this year, maybe it's next year, but I think that that's where, where Holman is super comfortable. So obviously this is a stretch. But if somehow the team is back 100% next year, they'll be a top five team in the country. And I know that's, I know that's going way far ahead. Yeah. But if, if Kyle, CJ, if the whole starting lineup and Seth Towns are all back, I mean, how would they not be – how many times has that ever happened where your top seven guys all come back? Probably never. Wisconsin probably this past year. They did yeah, that. maybe. They always do that. No, that would be nuts. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle came back. I'd be very surprised if CJ Walker comes back. But- yeah. I would not be surprised if Kyle came back. But I feel like so much stuff could happen this season. Like, CJ could, you know, knock on wood. But, like, there could be an injury where he misses games he doesn't want to miss. There could be COVID shit where he missed. Like, I think – He could get canceled. Right. Like, right. Can you imagine not having a big fun uh, NCAA tournament again? Virginia would just be the champs forever. How about the fact that, and this is, you know, courtesy of Mark Titus and his awesome podcast with, with Tate Frazier, Titus and Tate. He always talks about how the only sport that had to make a sacrifice was college basketball. Mm-hmm. NCAA football, college football, they just went about their way and they eventually they got their season going. Um, the NFL didn't really, nothing said, nothing sacrificed. The NBA acted like they sacrificed, but they still crowned a champion and they had the most successful bubble ever and they wouldn't stop bragging about it. Um, even TBT played, right? So the only team, the only group, the only programs, the only sport that had to make a sacrifice was college basketball and that ain't happening again. No chance. All right. You got anything else before we turn it over to Fran? I guess we should maybe, I don't know, well, briefly, who's been the most impressive team for you so far in, in college basketball? In the whole country? How about let's not say Gonzaga? Well, it's Gonzaga. That's the answer. They're well, yeah, so but good. instead of us both saying Gonzaga, or we could they're just be happy with that answer. They're so good. They're so much better than I We ever. also just saw Michigan State beat Duke. Like, they look pretty damn good. Yeah, Duke stinks, though. Yeah. I how think, funny how funny is the term worst Duke team ever? Yeah, that's yeah. Duke is so overrated as a program. Like shut up. <laughs> um 
Gonzaga's been great. Baylor is awesome. Uh, Baylor's awesome. Baylor, Illinois tonight. <sighs> oh, tomorrow is College so, hoops! tomorrow is so randomly like the greatest sports day. Most random great sports day ever. Tons of great college basketball games. Steelers, Ravens at like 11 a.m. on a Wednesday. <laughs> so for, for me personally, Steelers, Ravens, which I have a lot of interest in because Browns and just crazy storylines surrounding it. Mizzou football. plays. and Right, and it's football. Mizzou plays. Ohio State plays. And then that's not even discussing the Baylor, Illinois, the – new Maui games, the other ranked matchups. It's just like tomorrow is just like randomly an amazing sports day. And the only thing that's different than normal is there normally would be NBA, but I'll take a Wednesday NFL game, you know, any day, day of the week. week. Well, yeah. Well, I guess I you wouldn't so. take a Wednesday NFL game on a different day of the week. You get what because I'm saying? Because you can't. Uh, yeah, no, sports are – you know what? Sports are so awesome right now. We should probably wrap this up so you, you can get to watching sports a little bit quicker. Shout out to uh, all our fans out there. If you did your Spotify wrapped and we're in your top podcast of the year, show it to us and we'll have a little prize for you. Andrew will have a little prize. He'll come to your house with a mask on and hand you personally a used pair of socks from him boxing in the morning. I'll send you a signed podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And on that note, (laughs) Coach Frank Fischella. All right, join us now on the Drive the Lane podcast. Fran Fraschilla, all the way from uh, University of Penn. Uh, <laughs> Seems that way. Fake background, fake background. <laughs> Full disclosure. Coach, welcome to the show. Uh, it's a pleasure. You know, I think last time we talked TBT basketball. Now, in this crazy time, uh, we're getting to watch college basketball. I'm getting to call it a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, it's great being with you guys. And we're so excited about having you on because, you know, it was fun. It was fun with the TBT, but, you know, we're now we're in our element. You know, college hoops, that is our element. And, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't ask you first and foremost. Yeah. How the heck did they get this done playing this season? It's, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my philosophy on this, Joey. I don't know how they're getting it done. We're getting it done in fits and starts. But I promise myself and my friends, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a joyful season. Like I'm not gonna be one of those negative Nellies, like the guys you read about in USA Today, you know, <laughs> that think the world's caving in. There's no question. The first thing we got to do is keep everybody as safe as possible. Coaches, players, uh, staff members, and a few spectators that are allowed in at the games, referees, of course. But once we got everybody healthy, and we know there's going to be rock, you know, some rocky times, I, I have a total joy for this season because we're just so thankful we got guys playing basketball. And one quick thing, I talked to about 10 coaches in the last week, and every one of those guys said to me, my kids just want to play hoop. They just want to be out there. So we got to keep them safe, but I also think it's fun that we're back out playing college basketball. It's definitely a weird and interesting year. I mean, we saw we saw Villanova crowned champions of a tournament one day after the season started, which was obviously a little weird yeah. and a little different. Yeah. Wondering what your early returns are on the season. You know, it's so uh, – first of all, 
I'm not overreacting to anything that happens early. You have teams like I did a Louisville Seton Hall game last week, I think the day after Thanksgiving. And, and Seton Hall was shut down for 14 days, practiced on a Monday, Tuesday, traveled Wednesday, I think it was, let's see, the game was Friday. So, yeah, they had four days of practice, and they're playing Louisville on the road. So I'm not overreacting to upsets, um, crazy scores, um, any of that stuff. I just think that we're, let's get through the first month. Let's see everybody get five, six, seven, eight, ten games under their belt. And, you know, we know Gonzaga is good. I, I'm no rock, rocket scientist, but I know, <laughs> I, I know Gonzaga is pretty good. But I'm not going to overreact to a lot else right now because we don't know because so many teams have had a stop and start because of the virus. I, I, and you touched on it. I think the most interesting thing about this year is going to be prep time, whether it's – yeah whether it's practices being canceled because of, of scares or you don't even know who you're going to play in a week because right. you have an open slot. Um, we talked to Coach Holman last week, and he said he was taking calls up until the first game of the season and still is to try sure. and fill out the schedule. How would you approach it as a coach? You know, if you have one day of prep in, <laughs> yeah. in this COVID world, what are, you, what are you trying to do? Well, first of all, I would go back to my AAU days because that's what this is, you know. Uh, but no, seriously, like I have this I, – I tell all my young coaching friends, the number one job description of a college coach, especially at the high major level, is crisis management coordinator. Um, it's not recruiting. It's not X and O's. It's how do you deal with adversity? And so, like, you just got to go with the flow. And hopefully you've had enough practice time – in those, in those periods of time during the season where you had to get shut down for a while, get back playing, you do the best you can. You can't overreact. And uh, a lot of this, like Jay Wright, for example, you know, they at, at, mid, at 1 a.m. two nights before they lost to Virginia Tech, they agreed to play Virginia Tech. So they had like – it was like an NCAA tournament game. Right. It's like, it's like you play a late game, you win, it's 1 a.m. You go, okay, who do we got? Who do we playing? <laughs> well, in this case, it was Virginia Tech two days later, and they got beat by a good team who played great, but you know, Jay didn't overreact. And then like, and I noticed cause you know, my son Matt is there as the video coordinator, but then they had a chance to pick up another game with Hartford. And uh, again, very little prep time and they're doing it. So to answer your question, I just think you go with the flow. I've found that during my coaching career, the times I overreacted to adversity and, and, and got nervous about it. My team got nervous when I kept my cool, Bus breaks down. We're in a snowstorm. We're going to be late for the game, which, by the way, happens at the low and mid-major, you know, all the time. <laughs> I just told my guys, let's go have fun. You know, hey, guys, here's the deal. We're getting to the arena. We're going to get there 30 minutes before. You'll have time to warm up. You know, everybody change quickly. Let's get out there. And more often than not, Joey, we played well. I think it's all mindset. It, it's so funny that those situations even, and it's kind of cliche to say, but it brings the team closer together, like, like a COVID, like a bus breaking down. And yeah. the best example of that is, is when the Michigan plane almost crashed and then they played in, in their <laughs> totally. practice uniforms and won the Big Ten championship. I mean, that, it's that's, just crazy how that works. That is the ultimate example of handling adversity. The ultimate, that Michigan State run that year. 
And, and you're absolutely right. One, one quick story. When I was at St. John's, my second year, we turned it around. We were heading to the tournament. We got on some great winning streak. I had this freshman by the name of Ron Artest. Okay. Never heard of him. Yeah, I know. I, I changed it. Better world peace. Changed That's his you. name. I never heard. I never know what happened to the guy afterwards. But, <laughs> but we got stuck on the, on the way up to the Syracuse Carrier Dome. To go up to the dome, you're on a hill. And we were in a blizzard, and we got stuck on the hill. It was like 150 yards from the arena, and we're, we're playing on ESPN. And we're stuck for an hour on the hill. And finally, my guy said, Coach, can we just get out and walk? You know, we, we're so anxious to play. And we were already dressed for the game, because back in those days, we changed in, the, you know, in our uniforms at the hotel. We went out and, and kicked – Syracuse's butt in the dome. I think we won by like five. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but still, the point was they wanted to play. They, they, they didn't care. You know, you just – so you got to have a good mindset about adversity. And this, this is a season of adversity. So you talked a little bit about, you know, not taking anything for granted and not reading too into the season so far. Yeah. So I'm a, uh, I'm a Mizzou graduate, and we got Oregon tomorrow night. Yeah, and let me tell you this: if they beat them, I'm going to say that they're one of the best teams in the SEC. <laughs> you can do it. I give you permission, Andrew. I can. All right, thank you. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think it's too early to say that Luca Garza is going to win Player of the Year. Well, I think that he's certainly the front runner, without a doubt. I mean, and I love this guy. Uh, got a chance to get him on my podcast this summer. Father's a great guy. Um, yeah, I you know I just saw Kate Cunningham play. I've watched him practice. I love him, but he's a freshman. He plays like a freshman, you know, as good as he is. And uh, there might be a couple other guys in the mix, but Luca, based on last season, based on the fact that, quite honestly, it wasn't a runaway for Obi Toppin. It was tuck, nip and tuck the whole year. And I think because uh, Dayton Date was going to be a number one seed, that's why Obi got a lot of the late votes, you know, like uh, – I think I think Lucas people wanted to stop the count, you know. But, they, <laughs> but uh, no, I think Luca could have very easily been Player of the Year last year if not for the great run by Obi's Dayton Flyer team. So Love give us guy. some give us some under the radar guys that that we should watch out for, whether it's a mid major guy or just Ooh. a guy who's not getting enough love, not necessarily to win the. The, yeah. the player of the year, but an all-conference, a third-team yeah. All-American, maybe a guy like that. Let me think about that. Well, well, I'll tell you, a kid from Dallas is no longer a secret, uh, Drew Timmy. You know, oh, I watched He's incredible. I watched, yeah, I watched him last year, and I knew. I, I did a game late at Gonzaga last year, coincidentally against San Francisco, who just knocked off Virginia. And I've seen Drew since high school. His son, he, he played in my son's division, you know, district in Dallas. We call it district. And uh, surprised, I'm surprised like Kansas or Duke or Kentucky even didn't recruit him. But he's like the perfect zag, Joey. Mm -hmm. And last year, if it wasn't for Petrusev having a good year, when Petrusev left, I said, Drew Timmy's going to be an All-American this year. And right now, in Dallas, if you look at it, because I'm, I'm Dallas-centric at the moment, living in Dallas, but Cade Cunningham, Marcus Garrett, and Drew Timmy all have a chance to be some sort of All-American. They're all from Dallas, but uh, Drew's a tremendous player. I love him. I'll tell you, um, I don't think Kispert gets enough love either. That guy's dynamite. And, of course, we know Jalen Suggs is off to a great start. So those three guys come to mind as I think around the country. I'm impressed with this kid, Jalen Johnson from Duke. Uh, tremendous talent from Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. um, I like him a lot. So uh, it's early, but um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, 
you know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, my son told me was going to be a lot improved this year. And that's why he went to Villanova because he, you knew he was going to stay for two instead of one. Right. And right. now as a second year guy, like Sadiq Bay, like some of the other Villanova guys, he's probably going to be a high pick. It's a little weird to me. You mentioned Jalen Johnson. I obviously, I know Ohio state recruited him and I know yeah. that this dude's a stud and, but when you look at teams like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, mm-hmm. this year is I, this year's odd for a bunch of reasons. But they yeah. are not—they're not a powerhouse. It seems like you know they might be ranked yeah. in the top ten, but we just yeah. saw Kentucky lose to Richmond. I mean, what is what is the life of a blue blood like right now? Well, I, I say this: not all one and done recruiting classes are created equal. Okay, like when it you know some some Kentucky recruiting classes have. DeMarcus Cousins and Eric Bledsoe or Anthony Davis, and some of them have uh, Scalabissier. You know what I mean? It's to be determined how good this Kentucky group is. I don't know about you guys, but I I did some research on Richmond this summer, and that is absolutely no surprise. I would would have been more surprised if Richmond didn't win simply because they got seniors. It was like – it would be like a a good high school varsity team beating a very good – high school freshman team, you know, like the freshman, this might be a very good freshman team. They're going to be really good someday. But when you got a varsity team, and in this case, Richmond with all those seniors, that no surprise. I mean, I think Richmond's a top 25 team. So to your point, you know, not everybody is, uh, you know, not everybody's going to be Zion Williamson. They're going to be uh, Wendell Moore or Matthew Hurt. And I got, uh, I got two names for you. Go. Name number one, <laughs> J- Jason Preston. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. Thank you. Go ahead. You want me to comment first? Yeah, comment first, and I'll give you name number two. I well, first of all, I'm an I'm an old Ohio U Bobcat, so I don't know if you were sneaking one by me there, Andrew. But I, you know, <laughs> I, but in all honesty, um, we had Ohio U in Myrtle Beach last year, and he was a sophomore, and I know the whole story, and so like. The world discovered Jason Preston last weekend. And those of us who love basketball were going, no, 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 no. First team all Mac last year. But his story is incredible. He kind of plays like LaMelo. He looks like him. He does. I, I, <laughs> coach Bowles obviously was my coach. At There's your State. guy. Yeah, Coach Bowles. So, so we, we love Bowles on this podcast. But oh, I yeah. was at practice last year. Bowles was there watching. And he yeah. goes, last year he goes, Joey, I honestly, like, I don't like my team this year, but I got this point guard who yeah. is going to be so good. And I was yeah. like, all right, Bulls. Like, we, you know, you know Bulls. He just talks, yes. you know. And, yeah. and, he, and then fast forward to this year, all I see Jeff Goodman tweeting about for an entire day is is this guy Preston. He's and, I mean, I watched the game, and I knew yeah. he was really good last year. And then it's, it's just yeah. really, really cool. His story is just – Unbelievable. It's an amazing story. He's a humble kid. Uh, you know, Coach Bowles inherited him, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were, we were on a, we were on an Ohio U. Now, you got to remember, I coached there like 35 years ago. I'm old, right. right? So, we had a bunch of my former players all on this, uh, you know, group text, watching, the, watching an Ohio U game 30, 35 years later, which is kind of cool. And everybody was impressed with Jason. But uh, I watched him last year at Myrtle Beach, talked to Coach Bowles about him, and uh, really happy for him. You know, like I said, Goodman and those guys just discovered him. Yeah. Not you. Well, not a lot of us who follow Mac basketball. (laughs) Those of us who are Mac junkies who've been on those six-hour bus rides over to uh, Kalamazoo. Well, Mac, 
Low matching. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. All right, Andrew, who's the other guy? Name number two, and this okay. is just because we are so – we're such good podcasters and we're so good at transitioning to the next topic. Yeah. Name number two, Justice Sewing. Yeah, you know what? I saw him at Cal. I'm really surprised he's off to this great start. I knew he was a good player. We, we had Cal in Brooklyn two years ago. Um, and I, I was impressed with him. He's, is he from Hawaii or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's Hawaii. a kid from Hawaii. Yeah, um, he went yeah. to modern day for high school. That's right. He went to my Hawaii modern day Cal and then he transferred. Yeah. I, I, I've only seen his highlights, but I'm impressed. And actually, well, from what I remember, I'm actually really impressed because I didn't know he'd have this much of an impact. So good for him. Go Bucks. Go, Go Bucks. Bucks. It's a great <laughs> Andrew. You are a pro's pro. Before yeah. we dive into the Buckeyes, we have yes. to talk a little bit Big Ten just in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, the Big Ten goes through champagne this year. Um, yeah. I, it hurts me. So, it hurts my soul to say that. Yeah. But Io DeSumo is – I'm a Chicago guy. He's a yeah. Chicago guy. I've been watching him play forever. It's, it's, it's actually crazy how I feel yeah. like I've been watching him play for 30 years. But – he is the best closer in college basketball, and Illinois is the team to beat in the Big Ten, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I would have said that until Ohio U got screwed the other day over there. Yeah, right? To beat him. No, seriously. Um, the interesting thing about guys like Io DeSumo you see every year is that he's not quite good enough to be a pro yet, so he's a great college player. Yep. You know, like he's the ultimate guy that's going to stick around for three years, maybe four, kind of like Buddy Heel did, right? Mm-hmm. Buddy, you know, Buddy tested the waters as a sophomore, would have been like an early second round pick as a junior. Then as a senior, he was the sixth pick in the draft. Or another Chicago guy, Javon Carter, right? Really was never good enough to be a pro coming up as a sophomore, junior, senior at West Virginia. And then as a senior, he's one of the best guards in the country, the defensive player of the year. And then because of his experience, his toughness, He's now pretty solidly entrenched in the NBA as probably a backup forever. And so in Io's case, you know, I got to think if he was a top 25 or first round pick, he'd have been gone. But that wasn't what the teams were telling him. Good for him. He's back. Um, you know, Big Kofi's back. Trent Frazier's back. They got a lot. They, they all of a sudden have gotten old. Yeah, and, it's crazy. You know, yeah, and, you know, one of, my, one of my coaching friends says this. Maybe Coach Holtman says this, too, because they've been taking some good transfers lately. Get old and stay old. Yeah. Mike Bray philosophy. If you can't get one-and-done guys who can get you beat anyway, get old and stay old. Remember what I said about crisis management coordinator? I got, I a, cor- I got a corollary to that. The, the, new, the new job description that you have to have is you got to be a roster management supervisor. <laughs> because you no longer can build a quote-unquote program. Even guys like Coach Holman have got to build a team from year to year. And, you know, you're, you know he's almost a GM now because yeah. you've got to take free agents. And the free agents, it's, it's either freshmen, JUCOs, transfers, grad transfers, transfers with waivers, or international guys. And you've got to be able to dip into everything. And nobody's done it better than Gonzaga, right, with all the different – 100%. Mixes. And that's how college basketball is now. Tom Izzo's taking transfers and Coach Holman's taking transfers, and you have to do it because they're out there for you. And next year it's going to get worse because everybody's eligible. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love talking about the Big Ten. I would yeah. much rather talk about Ohio State. But yeah. briefly, yeah. Wisconsin, Iowa, who, who else is on your radar as they can win the Big Ten? 
You know, well, definitely Wisconsin, based on what they did last year. I mean, their chemistry is always really good, and they got everybody back. It's kind of ironic. Kobe King quit suddenly, and they got better. Yeah. You know? And no, 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 attraction is very real. Well, you know what it is? It's like I, we used to call it subdition, subdi, sub, uh, addition by subtraction. Yeah. Sometimes you take one guy out of the mix, and the chemistry just explodes. And, uh, you know, uh, I think Iowa, Iowa's loaded. I love their starting five. Um, I haven't seen them yet, but I'm anxious to see how uh, Big Jack Nungy's back and healthy and, mm-hmm. you know, certainly Luca and the McCaffrey guys and Bohannon's back and Wieskamp. Um, anxious to see if they'll play any defense, honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that me and Andrew could go out there and score 30 each on them. But Yeah. But here's what I would tell you, Joey. Based, based on what I've seen so far of Indiana today, uh, Purdue was ugly early. They bounced back. I think the – I don't think the league is as deep as my man Rothstein thinks it is. Yeah. I, you know no. what? My, oh, oh, I, I got something real quick. Go uh, ahead. The, an, an acceptable answer, and I give Joey crap for this all the time, yeah. is you, you can say that they're all going to tie like yeah. they did last year. Yeah. And that frustrates me every year that there's shares of the Big yeah. Ten championship. Right. Every other league in the world – there's tiebreakers that tell you who no, wins it. No, big, hey, the Big East had three champions last year. Well, had, I mean, besides no, college basketball, besides no, college yeah, basketball. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's frust- I, I personally think it's frustrating. It was like that year when Ohio State beat Indiana and then Indiana cut yeah. the nets down after a loss. After a loss. That was right. crazy. Right, it's just yeah. I, would not, I would not be opposed, and this would take a couple of years to happen. Yeah. I don't really get the purpose of the regular season championship and yeah. the tournament championship. I think it's a. It's obviously been around for years. It's awesome. It's cool. But you much rather win the Big Ten tournament, especially if you're, you know, not guaranteed to be as high of a seed going into March Madness. Well, what happens if you go, you know, 18, 18 and two in a regular season, and you have clearly dominated the league, and you're you're the regular season champs, and you get upset. Well, you're still you're going to be a lock for the tournament. You're eighteen and two. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not if you're yeah, in the yeah. Well, a low major. Let me tell you something. There's no bigger pressure than being a low or mid major head coach. Yeah, at, I just March. I I think that's what makes makes college basketball so great, and yeah. that's where we differ. Is that the the upset is no? There's no greater thing than a college basketball upset in any other sport. That is yeah. the greatest thing, and that's why tournaments in college basketball are the best thing in sports. So yeah, no, you lost yeah. me, Andrew. Sorry. I'm, I'm but you just you said that. tournaments are the best, and that's I'm agreeing with you. I'm pro tournaments. <laughs> but, you know, what I would say is the reason we do all this is because it gives coaches more longevity. Because one coach could win the regular season or share a tie at a title, and another coach could win the tournament. And mm-hmm. so everybody's happy. By the way, I got a text just now from Alan Major. Mage. Um, Alan Major's texting me right now. He's watching a Duke-Michigan State game. Please so, tell him that you're on my podcast and that I say hi. I love I will. that guy. He's a good man. He's texting I, me now. Speaking, so. we didn't even talk about Michigan State. They're yeah. winning. They're beating Duke on the road at half when we started this. They were they terrible. Were awful. They were awful early. And Jay Billis was, uh, you know, even killing them because he loves Izzo. But, Jay uh, Billis no. was talking bad about the team playing Duke. There's no way. <laughs> no, I think he loves Izzo too, but he was, uh, it, you know, I'm looking here, I'm listening. Luckily, I have the sound down. I don't have to listen to Greenberg, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. But uh, no, 13-4 run to end the half. And then, so good for Michigan State. I'll, I'll watch the second half, but not until we're done with this 
awesome podcast. <laughs> well, so, well, let's let's get to Ohio State and the let's Buckeyes. talk Bucks, baby. Let's talk Buckeyes. And if you fast forward, if you're listening and you fast forwarded to this part, we recommend that you go back and listen to all of uh, Frank because it's great. <laughs> yeah, but coach. Yeah. Yes, the Buckeyes, Coach Holtman, Dwayne Washington, C.J. Walker. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I like them. I, you know, I like their guard play. Um, uh, I haven't seen them play yet live this year, but um, I, I just, I just like their, I like their mix. I like the way they, I think they, they finished strong last year, as I recall. But um, I, I think, no, I think Coach Holman is one of the, he's a good friend of mine and he's a perfect fit for Ohio State, partly because we all know it's a football school and he embraces that. He, he knows like Rick Barnes at, Clemson, Texas, and now Tennessee, you know, it's, it, being a basketball coach at a football school is one of the best jobs you can have because you do have pressure to win, but you don't have the day-to-day pressure, 365, uh, to be great every single year because that's, that's why it's a football school. So I think Coach Holman fits in perfectly because his ego is low. He's an unassuming guy. He gets that. You know, it is a football school, and he's doing a great job given that. Um, I don't really – haven't seen him play yet, so it's hard for me to just dive into him and say, hey, they got to improve in certain areas. So don't hold me to anything, you know, that I you, say. You've given us more than enough. Trust me, we will yeah. dive – in this episode, we dive deep into um, our thoughts. And granted, they're not, I, they're not as professional as your thoughts. Um, well, you know but, the team better, but, but I do want to tell you this. Yeah. I've, woke, I've woken up like five times in my life since I left Ohio State because I was an assistant for two years under Gary Williams, and there's been five different times I woke up from the middle of a dream thinking I was back at Ohio State, <laughs> and I was so disappointed when I woke up because <laughs> it was two of the best years of my life. I loved being a Buckeye. I loved, you know, the whole atmosphere, football, St. John Arena, Jay Burson, recruiting Jimmy Jackson, and by the way, the entire, start, the entire starting five that won a big, t- big Ten title back-to-back. And then I left to go to Providence with Rick Barnes. Gary went to Maryland. Rick Barnes went to – I knew Rick because I replaced Rick at Ohio State. And, um, you know, I'll be honest. I've, I've, I've only said this on one other podcast. If Randy Ayers had treated me better, he was the, he was the next coach, if he'd have treated me better the two years I was there, that guy would have 750 wins right now at Ohio State because he didn't know how to recruit. And when I left, and I never say this very much because usually you recruit as a staff, but after, after those kids that I helped recruit, Rick Barnes with Jimmy Jackson, Perry Carter, um, I was there when Jimmy was a senior, and then Jamal Brown – the only reason we got Jamal Brown was because I was dating my wife at the time and he was playing in Dallas and I wanted to go visit her. Chris Jen from Jersey, Bill Robinson. Um, I knew the state of Ohio like the back of my hand because of my Ohio U days. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, had, I, had, had I had a better relationship with the guy that became head coach, I would have loved to have stayed and we would have kept it going big time. And honestly, when he treated me the way he did and I went to Providence, I wasn't unhappy years later that, um, you know, they started bringing in guys that just didn't fit the Ohio State culture. And then obviously they had to make a change a few short years later. Well, I hate to be so direct and honest, but that's just the way it is. Hey, 
that's the way it is. And, and we appreciate honesty on the show, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. How dare you not lie to us on our, but I, love, but I, but I gotta tell you, I love being a Buckeye. Like I, I was going to tell you this about recruiting now when I was yeah. at Ohio, I was at Ohio U and you go to Canton McKinley or Villa Angela, St. Joe's or Toledo Maycumber where Jimmy played or Dayton Dunbar, Ohio U, you walked in and you kind of snuck in there. But when I put that Ohio state polo on, and I went into Saint, uh, went up to St. Joe's, and I already knew everybody up there because I'd been at Ohio U for six years. I don't care if it was the, the late Lou Olson or Bill Frieder or Bob Knight. You walk into one of those high school gyms in Ohio, Camp McKinley with a Buckeye shirt on, and it's like, okay, MFers, yeah, we're here. Buckeyes are here, MFers. And, and, we're not, and, we're and they losing. bring you a soft pretzel and a Diet Coke, too, oh, for free they, probably, too. They, exactly. Hey, Coach, where do you want to sit tonight? Hey, hey, take care of the Ohio State guy. Coach, you want to sit behind our bench? Yeah, you know. But it, I have so much great feeling for being being a Buckeye and being in the state of Ohio for eight years. It's, it's funny cool. you say that just because I felt that same way that you feel, even though I was from Chicago. I grew up a huge Ohio State fan. Yeah. I think that less and less the, the kids are, you know, starstruck with Ohio State yeah. within Ohio. But the coaches – still are like when coaches go on visits with their kids yeah uh, they are like enamored with everything that's going on and the kids are like this is like every other place i've been but, to like some people just don't it, get it no but it's funny you say that because i'm sure coach mata did this i gotta think he did he's such a good recruiter but we used to i used to uh, help identify I, I would tell gary williams I, i'd say coach williams we got a freshman coming to the football game saturday from Cleveland St. Joe's. His name is Tony Miller, okay? And uh, where, you, where are you going to be at halftime? Uh, I'll be up in the press box. Okay, I'm going to take him up there. And so you get, a, you get a really top freshman player on your campus at Ohio State for a home football game. As you know, Joey, you guys, I don't have to tell you this. It makes an impression early so that when the kid's recruitment does heat up with Izzo and Krzyzewski, you're already in pretty good. And that's a, that's a help. That's a big help, getting those kids on campus early. The biggest sell is to go to those football games and to say, look, like, this is Buckeye Nation. And they're yes. like, all right, I'm sold. Like, yeah. even, even when I'm hosting the kids, I think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, well, you know what happens, too, is those kids run into people from Cleveland or Canton, wherever they're from, and, like, they're like, oh, I didn't know so-and-so goes to school here. I played AAU ball against him, you know. He, I know he's not on the team, but he goes to school here. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. There's such a community. It's a statewide community, as you know. And, uh, I, again, like, I still have these crazy dreams. Like, <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm back at Ohio State, you know. And then, it, then I wake up, I go, damn. You know, well, definitely going to have one of those tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's cool. No, for Two great years. Two great I, years. I, I know Andrew has some more uh, topics, questions he wants to ask you. The yeah. last thing that I want to say about Ohio State and St. John Arena is yeah. that you'll be happy to know that we. I played one game there my senior year. That was the first year they started. They brought it back to play. I remember that. I remember that. And I and I scored and I did it for you. Looking Love back, it, man. It well, we we. I don't think I told this story on the podcast. So let me tell real quick. I told you off the podcast, but when we played. Iowa about four or five years ago. Um, now we. Uh, we? Yeah. Well, I love that. I yeah, love no. Ohio State's playing Iowa, and they asked me if I wanted to do the game. There was four Big Ten games that day. Uh, it was right before New Year's Day. It was like the 29th or 30th. So I said, yeah, I'd like to do a Buckeye game. So I go back, and I asked Dan Wallenberg, the SID, the day before uh, the game. 
hey, is there any way you could take me over to St. John Arena and let me go in? Takes me over. He goes, look, I'm going to open it up. I'll come get you in 30 minutes. I walked around St. John Arena. I walked down the ramp. I walked up to the balcony where our basketball offices were, where Urban Meyer was a grad assistant the, the, the two years I was, you know, a, a Buckeye. And uh, it was the coolest thing ever because St. John Arena hasn't changed. And every, every, every so often I hear they're going to knock it down. And any chance I get back to Ohio State, I got to go see St. John Arena because it, it's an, not only did I coach there, but it, it was just an amazing place. Jerry Lucas, John Havlicek, Jimmy Jackson, you know, the Clark Kellogg and Granville Waiters and, you know, the, all the history of the place is amazing. You know, Bob Knight playing in there and Big Ten games in there. And uh, it was a great home court too, great home court. So when we were doing TBT and we had you on – Yep. I told you two great, you know, little nicknames, Mo Creek, Mo Money. Yes. And then Travis Diener was TD Ameritrade because I got stock in that guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, so, think I, got, I think I got Mo Creek, Mo Money on, right? You did. You stuck Mo Creek, Mo Money into the, did, yeah. into the call. So this year for Ohio State, and we kind of jinxed it because then they had the COVID breakout with football. Yeah. We said, Ohio State basketball the only thing you're catching here is losses. Yeah. And, of course, right when we say that, everything happens. So I'm going to yeah. put myself on the spot here. I want you to give me a player and team, and I'm going to come up with one of those sayings right on the spot. Oh, let's see. Uh, let me think. 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 Uh, oh, Luca Garza. Luca Garza. All right. Oh. I need a second. Luca Garza. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's help him out. Help him, help him out. I got Jerry. it. I got it. Garbage Garza. He's cleaning up everything around the rim. Oh, <laughs> not bad. Not bad. <laughs> We're stopping it with that. Stopping it with that. That was too good on the spot. If you do another one, then. So That's you got to sneak that in. When you do an Iowa game, right. if he has a bunch of offensive rebounds, you got to say garbage, garbage Garza. Garza. He's cleaning everything up around the basket. I like it. I like it. All right. You I, we need you on more Big Ten games, Coach. We need oh, you. On more I, I, was, I was just telling my wife that you know I would love to do the Big Ten, uh, but we got you know we got Dockage and you know Dockage is in Indianapolis and I'm in yeah. Dallas and whatever. Know. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know Dockage's son Andrew. Yeah, I'm good just for kidding. I'm just kidding. No. How about Andrew? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, good, good for hey. That that is so strange that a guy could play at Michigan and Ohio State. Oh my God! And, and, and never the, and yeah, pretty much be liked at both places, from what I can tell. I, guess, I don't know. I, mean, I guess I guess he was liked at Ohio State. We don't. The jury's still out. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go there. You know, it seems seems like I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say anything. <laughs> Joe, should we end it how we always do? Yeah, Coach. How we always yeah. end. Now you're you're new to this show. How we always okay. end this show is yeah. we give you the floor. And yeah. to, to ask us any questions that you've been dying to ask us. Uh, let's see. I'll start with you, Joey. What, um, what's your worst Ohio State moment? Huh, not even close. Sophomore year, Gene Smith, before the, before the Big Ten tournament game, we're the 11th seed, Rutgers is the 14th seed. Before the game, Gene Smith goes, Coach Mata's job is not in jeopardy. He is our coach. We love yeah. him, yada, yada, yada. We proceed to go out and – Lay an egg against the worst team in major college basketball, Rutgers, at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and then we go home uh, for spring break. 
we're home and, and I had surgery also at the end of the year. And then we go home for the summer and coach Mata gets fired while I am, um, while I'm at home recovering from surgery, that stretch, that two month stretch was the lowest of lows by yeah. far. When we lost to Rutgers, I was like, what are we even, what are we doing here? Oh man. man no, I got, by far. I got an interesting uh, side story to that. I was up in farm. I was up at the Oak, Oak, what's the golf, great golf club up in uh, Detroit, Birmingham? Oak, uh, Oakmont? Oak, Oakmont? No, that's 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 uh, Rochester. Yeah. Hills yeah. or something like that. Anyway, we're, we're up there playing in a charity golf outing for, for Coach Campy at Oakland U. I'm, I'm playing with Coach Holtman. About that 10th hole, he gets he's, his, phone, his phone blows up. Mm-hmm. And Coach Mata had been fired. And you had all, all these guys, like, you know, hitting him. Are you interested? And he was, like, really low-key about it. You know, he didn't say a word. And he, he was, he's such a gentleman, you know. And then, like, right. a week later, he's the, he's the new coach. But I was with him. It's really spooky that I was there when they, when, when they let Coach go. And I happened to be with the new coach. Didn't know it. So. Yeah, I mean, my, my story from what Holtman has, has told us is that he initially was, like, no way. And then he warmed right. up to it. It was like, I would be, I love Butler, but I would be foolish to not go to Ohio yeah. State for every yeah. single reason we've already talked about. Exactly, exactly. All right, one for you, Andrew. Um, I'll, give, me, give me what you think of uh, Coach Conzo Martin. Oof. All right, I will say this. Yes. <laughs> the greatest guy from what yes. I can tell in the whole world, number one yeah. greatest guy. Yeah. I think his biggest pull to why we brought him to Mizzou was because he can recruit, recruit, recruit. Right. You know, Jalen Brown, Ivan Rab, all those guys. Yep. And gets to Mizzou, gets the great class with Porter and Tillman, and really nothing since. Yeah. So I think he's a great guy, fantastic <laughs> motivator and leader of men. Got to yeah. see the, got to see the recruiting improve, and got to see the on-court product improve. So I, I, I think he's a tremendous guy, tremendous mentor. Um, he's also, I, I'm going to be blunt. This about a third of that league cheats, sure. maybe more. I would imagine it's more. It's probably more, and I'll let you guys figure out who does and who doesn't. <laughs> but I know Coach Martin doesn't. And that's the hardest thing about that job is that uh, he's trying to do it the right way. So that's that's my two cents. That's wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think Nike would want to diversify their portfolio a little bit and be like, "Hey, why don't you go to Mizzou?" Yeah, you know, yeah. come on, we're waiting. Let's go. I know this. If I had a son, uh, and I do, I have two sons. If either <laughs> one of them wanted to play at Mizzou for Coach Martin, it would be over because he's that good a, a, a leader of men. And I do hope he gets better. You know, better product, better level of player and if I was a Jalen Brown type and I could go to Mizzou and play under him for a year or two I would do it in a heartbeat because he is a, he is a great man and a good coach so and a you know former Purdue star too pretty good player well, at Purdue well it seems like next time we have you on not only will we be talking about how awesome Ohio State is but we'll also be talking about all the teams that are cheating and I look forward to that because yes. that is my I that is Deep down in my soul, that is what I want to talk about most about college basketball probably yeah. is, that, is that lifestyle. 
but we'll save that for another episode. Let's do it. Yeah. As uh, Fran, yeah. as you leave, as you leave, yeah. coach, as you leave, your yeah. three, your three college basketball guys right now that you think would be TBT stars this summer, and then we'll let you go. Ooh, that's a that's really a good, good one. That's a good question. I got to think about that. It's got to be an it's got to be an upperclassman who's not going to be a pro. You know. Uh, well, let's see. Let me think about. Or you that. can give one name if you three is a lot. We can give us one. Yeah, good I want I want to see who I'd love to see play in TBT. Um, that's uh, just I, I, I'm I'm stuck because most of the guys that are in my mind right now are thinking they're going to be NBA players. But I would say Luca Garza for sure. I mean, I know his name's come up a lot tonight, but he would be a great TBT player. I could see him not playing in the NBA, although I think he'll make it. Go overseas and in the summer just look to play on, in some tournament and want to play TBT, right? So that he would be – basketball. Yeah. What's that? I said he just loves he, basketball. He loves ball, yeah. I, I'll tell you this. I'd love to see George Niang play TBT. Ooh, that's a great one. I think George Neang, even though he's having a good career in the NBA, would be a great TBT guy because he would talk trash. He would be better than he looks because he looks like he still looks like the fat kid from uh, yeah from the Merrimack Valley in Massachusetts. So that George George will hear about this and and uh, he would be good at in TBT. And then if I had to go one more, <laughs> I would, here's one for you. I think Georgetown ought to have a TBT team and Coach Ewing ought to come out of retirement and play oh. and play. Perfect. That's a yeah. sound bite right there. If I've ever heard one, <laughs> yeah. I think the, I think they might as well just throw the current Wisconsin roster on a TBT team in three years' time. I think they could win it all. That's a great way to put it because I don't think they have a you know they got some guys that'll make money playing, but I could see like give them five years so they can go overseas yeah, we'll for a couple. Five. Yeah, we'll yeah. So what's what's our guy? What's our guy? Uh, what's our guy from Minnesota who takes a who, who, Brad Davidson? Yeah, Brad Davidson, man, he'd be great in TBT. Yeah, he'll be on. He'll be on our show eventually. We'll have, we'll have him I, on. I like to see Brad Davison after four years go go uh, go out and play quarterback for uh, for Wisconsin. Little Greg, little Greg little, Paulus action. Little Greg Paulus action. If not, if and if not there, be a grad transfer at like St. John's College up and back up in Minnesota, where they. I love where, Aaron you know, Kraft and uh, Brad Davison would just run into each other and take <laughs> charges, the whole TBT. Well, I got to tell you something. Now, that's a great idea. If Aaron doesn't play TBT next year, which I think he will. He will. I think he'll, yeah. I think he's going to get tired of cutting up frogs there in the spring, <laughs> you know, in the, in, the, in the laboratory in medical school, and he'll need a change of pace. But if we can get Brad Davison to play on that team with Aaron Kraft, mm. it would be the most annoying TBT team ever. People would be watching the TV, yelling at it like out of out of habit, like they've been like they're watching a Big Ten game. Yeah, that would they would be the only team where there would be like 50,000 50, busted TV screens around the country because yeah. people would be throwing something at the TV every time one of those guys flopped. <laughs> we'll let Kyle we'll let Kyle Lowry play too. He wouldn't be bad. He wouldn't be bad. That'd be good. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be I'll be thinking of some crafty, clever answers for the next podcast. All Perfect. Right. Okay. Perfect. Coach, as always, we appreciate it. This has been so much fun, and, and we uh, we always are listening on the call. So the more you can throw out the random sayings, the more we'll eat it up and tweet it out for oh, you. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let's, we got to sing Hang On, Sue Me. Hang <laughs> on, Sue Me. All right. I had enough. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> See you guys. All right, Coach. Yeah. We'll talk to you. Right. Thanks again. You got it. Bye.
We hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with Fred Fraschilla because we definitely did. We had a little too much fun stretched out to 45 minutes. Something we need to talk about, our friend Suryat just tweeted, and take this with a grain of salt, <laughs> but our friend Suryat just tweeted, breaking, Michigan football is on the verge of shutting down their season after a parent-led meeting earlier this week, per source. There is pushback from the Big Ten, but it seems some players and parents have given up on the lost season and don't see risking kids' health for it. I got something to say. Rip me for this. Make fun of me. If it wasn't Michigan, we would be saying that it was a smart move by whichever school was doing it. You know? Yeah. I. I what is the point of playing right now if you are any team other than Ohio State? Literally none, Right. I, Northwestern and Indiana are having good seasons. There's in Wisconsin and Wisconsin, you know, if you can get Graham Mertz in a bowl game, that's huge for the future. Penix is hurt. So who knows what's there, but you still want experience for your younger guys and Northwestern. I think Northwestern legitimately thinks that they still have a chance to be in the playoff. They probably do. Cause Ohio state season's about to end because Michigan won't play a game, which is hilarious. And if that's not the biggest 2020 thing, the first time Michigan beats us will be by forfeiting to us. Like, it should be a forfeit. In this scenario, it should I mean, be a they, forfeit. They will get absolutely destroyed on every station, every social media, everything. If they end up not playing that game, it's going to be tough to destroy them if they say due to COVID concerns – like with a breakout, but if there's no breakout and they're just shutting down their season, like Ivy league basketball, there will be no, no, no mercy to what people will say. It will be so bad. And I kind of want to see it. Not more than I want to see Ohio state in the playoff, yeah. but I kind of want to see it. I think it'd be funny because um, it would take, literally it would take a pandemic to get Harbaugh out of Michigan because Har. uh, According to our good friend Sir Yacht, Harbaugh is all but signed, sealed, delivered to the Lions. So um, that would be funny. That the breaking last from Sir Yacht. Breaking. Oh Here we go. The Big Ten is also. This is so stupid that we're reading this, but. <laughs> The Big Ten is also considering altering the 21-day rule and possibly following the 10-day plan by other Power Five conferences per source. Big Ten is also discussing eliminating the minimum game rule. All right, should we text her out right now and ask her to come on and discuss this? Uh, no. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'm going to text her and say we're, we're recording Drive the Lane right now. Can you give us a good quote? Yeah. I like that. We're recording Drive the Lane live right now. Can you give us a good quote or insight on the Big Ten situation? I didn't want to say no. Obviously, I want him on, but see what happens. Sent. Um, Sent and delivered, and we know he's on his phone. Um, interesting that uh, if they change the rule, that changes everything. I, it's so – this year is so dumb. Ohio State's going to be one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team. Probably not the best. Alabama's a wagon. But if they don't get a chance to play in the Big Ten Championship or the college football playoff, that would be a bummer. What does he, he said? Say? He said just over text. Should I say want to jump in? Yeah, send him the link. All right. <laughs>
right. Wow. This is a. This we'll is use a, this. We'll use this to post on on Twitter. Be perfect. We could post it tonight. That's what I'm saying. Oh, he said I can't right now, unfortunately. Damn it. Ah, oh, bummer. But he is typing, so we might get something on a. Good. Oh, I'm not going to reveal it. It's a secret. What? He just said something that I'm not. Um, I don't need to say it. It's breaking news. Uh, how about that he announced that he is uh, being scammed? He's going to be on Worst Chefs in America. Oh, love it. I love, <laughs> we love Sir Yacht. He said, I'll keep you posted, brother. I said, keep breaking news. All right. That's our episode. If Michigan does this, you will, we'll do an emergency episode if that happens. Oh, I agree. We'll do an emergency two minutes at least to post on Twitter. That, that's, yeah, we'll do an emergency something. It'll be so – God, I want it to happen. I want it to happen but not affect Ohio State as bad yeah, as I wish could. it was like – Yeah. Oh, frick. All right, well, this like, I was, wish Ohio State – I wish Ohio State had like eight – they were eight no, and it was just Michigan being scared to play Ohio State. Yeah, a meaningless game. Yeah. Um, well, this wraps up unbiasedly my favorite. I think this is my, literally my favorite episode. So fun. I could talk to Fran Frischilla for hours on end. I think I can do a Fran impression right now. Joey, Joey, you know what we're talking about over here, Joey. Come on, Joey. Luca Garza, he's cleaning up the garbage around the rim. I call, I call him garbage Garza because he cleans up everything around the rim. <laughs> Fred says that on Iowa broadcast, we will lose it. He won't call a Big Ten game, though. That's the problem. Whatever. This is, our petition. this is our petition to get Fran Fraschilla on the call for more ESPN games. If that means sacrificing some dockage time, I'm okay with that. I'll go on the record as saying I'm okay with that. I don't love it, but I'm okay with it. Wow. Anyway. Wow, wow, wow. Breaking news, Joey hates Dockage. Not true. I Sir, hate Yacht just text, Sir Yacht just texted me, heard Joey hates Dockage. Oh, sources confirm that I hate Andrew Dockage. All right, buckle up, drive the lane. Go Buckeyes, beat more head state.